Good morning, church family. Welcome to church this morning. We're about to enter into praise and worship, so if you'd like to stand and um, join us as we praise God.
whatever goes There is one thing that I know That you are faithful That you are faithful So I speak So I speak out your word Has the power to change my world You're my breakthrough You're my breakthrough I will trust you you look to the person next to you and say nothing's going to stop this passion I'm praising him fantastic shall we pray Lord I thank you for the opportunity today to come celebrate Jesus to lift you up 
to worship you, to again even remind ourselves that you are on the throne. You know what's going on and it's a great privilege to serve you, to walk with you. Holy Spirit, you are most welcome in this place. And I ask this morning that every person would make a connection with you, that we would hear your voice, that you would drop seeds of truth into our hearts, our minds, and that today will be a step forward in kingdom expression for every person in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, it is great to see you. Welcome. Very nice to have you here. If you're visiting with us, great to have you here. If you are visiting, can I encourage you at the end of the meeting, there's a table at the back of the auditorium. Pop down there. There'll be someone there to greet you, and there's some uh, packs there to welcome you, give you a little bit of information about who we are as a church, where we're going. And if we can help you in any way, please make sure you say something uh, to the people that you meet there, and we would love to try and do that. Well, before you sit down, I'd really like us to pray together. Is that all right? I would like us to spend a couple of minutes. I'd like us to pray for world peace today. And, um, you know, these um, people shooting up missiles and all this kind of stuff, trying them out and different things. Um, Our world, the leaders of our world, really need to know something of the wisdom of God. And um, I don't care how hard a nut a leader is, or any person for that matter, God is able to crack it. Yeah? God's able to crack any, doesn't matter what it is. And so for a couple of minutes, why don't each of us, where we are, lift up uh, different leaders around the world. Let's pray for God's wisdom as they make decisions. Let's pray for peace on our planet. This is God's planet. And, uh, you know, peace is part of who He is. We just muck the thing up all the time. So is that all right? Can we do that for a couple of minutes? Right, let's go. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we lift our world to you. Father, every country, nations all over the world, different um, leaders representing these nations. And this morning, Father, I ask that there would be a deposit of godly wisdom in every nation for every leader in Jesus' name. Lord, that you would crack even the hardest nut. Lord, that you would speak, you would open hearts, and that there would be a release of peace on our planet in Jesus' name. Father, I ask for wisdom as people make decisions and a coming together in a sense of unity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you can take a seat. Who has had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the last week? Pastor Ray has. Pastor Ray. Oh, look, here they come. The whole row of them. Come on. This is why there's been no birthdays for the last few weeks. They're all on the same days. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Any wedding anniversaries? Wow. Happy birthday to you all. Church, would you like to stand up? We're going to declare God's blessing over these ones. Pray for them for the next year. Fantastic. Here we go. Ready? Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, purpose and protection over them this year. 
Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. Well, kids, it is that time. Thank you, Children's Church leaders. Have a fantastic morning. You are free to go. Sharon Lawrence and with us all the way from Melbourne. So very, very warm welcome to you both. Gonna hear from Graham shortly. It was cold this morning, wasn't it? Yeah, what is it? It's warm in here. Great opportunity to gather together. Fantastic. Well team, would you like to continue leading us? Worship would be great. Thanks very much. I invite you guys to stand. Um, this morning we're doing a new song. Yay, new songs. <laughs> um, and it's called As It Is In Heaven. Um, and there's a part in the song, and it, <laughs> it's one of my favorite parts of the song, and it goes, I know you love me, I know you found me, and I know you saved me. And um, I kind of got put on the spot on being on the team this Sunday. And I felt like sort of like I freaked out heaps, but these words here was something that I needed to hear. And like I've come to Sunday and I'm like so excited to be here to praise God's name. And it's because He loves me, you know. He loves me no matter what I sound like, like He loves me. And um, I just so believe that this week there are some people that need to declare that over their life and actually believe that I know God loves me. And I know He found me. And I know that because He sent His Son for me, He saved me. And those are powerful words. Um, and then the last line after that, and your grace will never fail me. Like how cool is it that grace will never fail me? His grace will never fail me. And so, you know, you may not know this song or ever heard it, but um, we're gonna sing through those lines a couple of times before we start the song. But I just encourage you guys to, to declare that, to believe it and to actually step into that, step into that truth, because it's there and it's waiting and it's surrounding us in this place. So Lord, I thank you so much that you love us, that you're never failing, that your grace is constant, that you found us, you save us. Every single day you're there, every single second, every minute, every hour, you are there, you're walking with us, Lord. Thank you.
is not my end. I know heaven waits for me. Though the road, though the road seems long, I'll never walk alone. And I've got all I need to see. I know you love me. Grace will never fail me. And 
we sing that song, I'm quite stirred about you know, heaven living in me. The Bible tells us in the book of Matthew that Jesus will build his church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. It goes on and it says, but he's given us the keys of the kingdom. And essentially what it's saying there is he's given us the ability, he's given us the authority to lock away atmospheres that do not represent heaven and to release atmospheres that do represent heaven. And we can do that in the environment, we can do it in our lives. And as we sing that song, I felt stirred that it would be really, it would just be a great opportunity this morning for us to do that over one another, where we've got areas in our lives that we're going, you know, that does not represent heaven and I'm really needing a breakthrough there. It could be health, it could be relationships, it could be any number of things. Work situation, be your mind, the way you think, it could be anything. This morning, if you're going, I'm really struggling with this area of my life and it just doesn't represent heaven. I'm going to invite you to come and fill this space. I'm going to ask leaders to come and all they're going to do this morning is they're simply going to release heaven, the atmospheres of heaven over your life, over your world, and God will do what He's going to do. He'll make the difference. But this morning I really sense that there's people and you need a breakthrough to have those things which aren't heaven locked away in Jesus' name and in Jesus' name the atmospheres of heaven released over your life if that's you this is a non-judgment space by the way the whole building is but particularly here doesn't matter what it is not even going to be asked while you're down here we're simply going to lock away and release Okay. if you need to be down here can you come right now don't wait, it's only going to be a moment Fill up this space. If you know there's stuff that you need locked away, that you want heaven released. Leaders, can I ask you to come please? And um, prayer team, and prayer teams, if you're on a prayer team, come. Stand with someone and simply release, well first of all, lock away the atmospheres that are not heaven. And then let's release heaven over people's lives. Do you want to come forward a bit more just so that people can fit in? That'd be great. You guys want to just keep singing it through? That'd be great.
Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence amongst us. I thank you that what has been locked away is locked away and what has been released has been released. And I thank you for the huge privilege it is to be able to journey with you, to know you, to walk with you, to have you walk with us and to be able to come together and celebrate you this morning. I pray that your presence continue to rest on every person in Jesus name Amen Amen Well it's a great privilege this morning to have Graham Lawrenton with us all the way from Melbourne Graham and Sharon are both with us this morning Uh, Great You've probably met Graham now because he's been a couple of times this year and, um, but it's great to have him here. And Graham's been journeying with us with some stuff. It's, it's great to have um, an objective eye come to have a look at some things. And you know, when you're in the middle of something, you don't always see things, but an objective eye often can see. And so it's been a great journey. We're on a great journey together and enjoying one another's company in that journey. So it's great to have you here this weekend, Graham, this morning and tonight as well. So why don't you come, make yourself at home. How about giving him a great big hand as he comes? Well, good morning. How you doing? I kind of feel funny all the way up here. I was down there before. Now people can see me. Which is, you know, always good when you're a little bit short in the uh, height division. Well, it's great to be back in New Zealand in this nice warm weather. Hamilton, my old stomping ground. Anybody from Boys High? Any old Hamilton Boys High old boys? Oh yeah, a few of you. Too bad about the uh, the Chiefs overnight. My commiserations to you all. Fantastic. Well, it's really good to be here this morning. And um, I, I said earlier it was only uh, yesterday morning when we were uh, at the Novotel uh, having breakfast. Uh, that uh, and I was chatting with with Sheridan and Ray, and just realised walking out that that's where I actually came to know Jesus. It was back in the old days of Alma Street Christian Coffee Bar. Uh, I don't remember what we called it back in those days. Can anyone ever remember the the Alma Street Coffee Bar? Yeah, right down the back, the Clausens. It's great. Yeah, I, all my old buddies over there. Well, that's where I came to know Jesus. So there it was. I wouldn't have thought that. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, 37 years later, we'd be sitting there having a coffee in a hotel. And, uh, but there you go. It's good to be here. So um, I thought I'd just maybe backtrack a little bit and bring back uh, some of the thoughts which I've shared with you earlier this year. In 2010, uh, we had been pastoring in Dunedin for 15 years, and uh, I was reading from the Scriptures in my devotions, Acts chapter 13, verse 46, uh, where Paul and Barnabas were in a place called Antioch, Pisidia, and there's a bit of opposition going on you know, from the religious people. And uh, they made this comment, you know, it was right that we came to you guys first, but from now on, we turned to the Gentiles. From that time, they kind of moved away from the religious thing and, and began to really focus on, on the non-Jew kind of people. And as I read that passage, it, it was so clear to me from God that he was calling us to turn to the Gentiles. And uh, at that time, I'd been in ministry for 25 years. And, and uh, so, so for me to actually turn to the Gentiles, I went to ministry when I was 24. I was saved at... Uh, 18. No, I went to ministry at 22. So I hadn't done much else 
All I knew was that God was saying to turn to the Gentiles, to actually walk away. And so we resigned the church, we sold our house, we got in our car and we drove out. That was really all it was. We had no future, we had no jobs, we had no, we just drove. We came here, we came to Hamilton. And uh, we stayed out at Raglan for a couple of months and walked the beach and asked God what this thing was all about and cried and, and uh, did all that kind of stuff that you do. So um, that was, uh, I, I guess, nearly seven years ago now. And uh, now I, we live in Melbourne and uh, I work uh, as a, a business consultant and coach for small businesses. And uh, we're writing up a program called Start 21, which is for uh, new businesses and how to start a new business. We want to get people from zero to 250,000 or so within 12 months and then lead them to a $2 million business and all that kind of stuff. And my son works with me and we've kind of got this whole thing happening. We're in a very exciting company called Waterman Business Centers. And um, so anyway, we, we kind of find ourselves now, that's why I, I said to Sheridan after the first service, you better not introduce me as Pastor Graham anymore because that, that's kind of a little bit historic now. I feel like I'd, I'd be a sham, you know, I'd be like a fake getting over here, calling myself a pastor. Um, so I'm now, I kind of, I, I guess I've transitioned. I'm now with the Gentiles hanging out, you know. Um, and which I find quite refreshing, to be honest. Uh, am I allowed to say that sometimes the Gentiles are nicer than the Christians? But anyway, we don't, we don't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that, all right? But, uh, but I am, it is refreshing. One of the things I shared with you earlier this year is, um, I, I just better look at my watch for no reason at all. And, uh, but one of the things that I shared with you this year is that as we were taking this transition, um, I kind of was, I was really on this journey. So what does it mean to, to be missional today? What does it mean to turn to the general? How are we going to win this world to Jesus? And uh, one of the things that I began to see is that every time that we would read a passage in Scripture about mission, it would never be about individuals and always about communities. Uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, where God was calling Abraham uh, and his descendants to be a blessing. He said, and in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And it wasn't individuals, but families. And that word is mishpachah, which means uh, really more than just family. It could be a clan. It could be a tribe. It could be a nation. It could be a people group. It could be any group that kind of connects together in any reason of community. Uh, and then in Matthew chapter 24, 14, it says this gospel of the kingdom. We preach in the whole world, so, so all the population, uh, but as a witness to every nation, or the word in the Greek there is called ethnos, where we get our word ethnic. So we get in this picture where it says that this gospel we preach, not just to individuals, but to communities, to people groups. Then in Matthew 28, when we read the, God, the Great Commission, it talks about going to all the world and make disciples of all the nations, not the individuals. So there's this, there's this, this kind of sense through Scripture that, that we're actually called to, to speak to groups, to, to, to tribes, to clans, to people. So there's a sense of saying, you know, we need to figure out who God has called us to. What's our people group? What's our tribe? Uh, in, in the day of Pentecost, in fact, if you go back a little bit to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, uh, Jesus is prophesying to his disciples, he said, you know, not many days from now, you, you'll be received with power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the purpose of the power is that you will be witnesses uh, for, for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the outermost parts of the earth. So, so there's this, this thing going on where Jesus is saying, I'm about to put my power on you. I'm about to make you supernatural for the purpose of, of being missional for all the earth. That's you know, the kingdom of God, the whole, the whole theme of Scripture from Genesis chapter 1, where we're called to be fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth, has always been that the kingdom of God, the gospel of the kingdom, would, be, would, would reach the whole earth. 
So here we get this passage where Jesus is saying that, that there's going to be the supernatural power come on you so that the, the gospel will preach to all the world, to all the earth. So, so that happens in Acts chapter 2 when uh, the disciples, they're, they're the followers of Jesus, 120, they're all in the upper room. They're praying, having a Holy Ghost meeting, just like church this morning. The presence of God comes down. Uh, there's a sound of a mighty rushing wind. There's tongues of a fire. And it says they were all. It was say all. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they all spoke with other tongues. Everybody in the room. So if we had a Pentecost thing happen today, and God was to turn up, there wouldn't be anybody missed out. We would all be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Now, now, now remember what Jesus said in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, so that you might speak in tongues. Did he say that? No. He said, no, no. And see, this is a problem with Pentecost. This is where we've missed it a little bit. We just haven't gone far enough. I mean, we do speak in tongues, but it was never the purpose of the power. So we get this, have a, an altar call for the Holy Spirit to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I believe that we should pray and expect that we should speak in tongues. But that's only the first step. What happened after that is, is they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They all spoke in other languages. And then they had soaking meetings for at least three months where they would come and they would just soak in the presence of God. And they'd say, I will never leave this place now because I enjoy the presence of God so much. No, 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 no. What happened is they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They all spoke in other languages. And then the whole city gathered around them and every, there were Jews from every nation. In other words, all the earth that Jesus spoke on before, they, they, they were outside the building. They are hanging around. They heard the noise. They heard the, 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 so, they all, so, so, so the people that were filled with the Holy Spirit that now had this ability to speak with other languages, they went outside the walls. They went outside the doors. And what they found is that every person that had a language had a tribe. So it says that everyone that was out there that spoke in different languages, they found somebody spoke their language, and they said, how is it that you don't know our language, but when you speak to us, we understand about the wonderful works of God? So, so, so what's going on is that we all get full of the Holy Spirit. Dear Sister Agnes, 82 years of age, with her walking frame, full of the Holy Ghost, walks out the front doors and finds a bunch of skateboarders. G'day, young man. Let me tell you about Jesus. And they say, whoa, how is it that you're not a skateboarder? But we get it when you talk about Jesus. Why? Because the language is supernatural. And, and, and you know, the language is not your natural language. This is one of the problems, I think, as a church. We, we tend to say, I need to go and find somebody like me because I speak their language. It's a natural language. What if you were to be able to speak a supernatural language to somebody that normally you wouldn't relate to, but because of the power of the Holy Spirit, you now speak to them and they get it? So that's what it's about. The challenge is, in this age, is for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to find your tribe. Who is it? that when I speak, they get it. Now, now, the goal is actually not to be confined to the tribe. The goal is for us to say, God, give me every language. When I sit down on a, on a plane and I look at the guy next to me, I, I'm not going to think, oh, sorry, not my tribe. I'm not going to speak to you. I say, God, give me his language. But in the midst of all that, I found that as I ventured into the marketplace and tried to define this turning to the Gentiles, that, that God had somehow given me the supernatural language of business people. Now, I don't know why. I've been in ministry 25 years. It was like, imagine going and trying to be a business consultant or a coach. And they say, well, what's your background? Why, why, why should you speak into my world? I've been a pastor for 25 years. Of course, I know about business. No. But you see, it was supernatural. 
So what I had to do is I had to figure out not only the language, but I had to find the content. I had to find out what can I speak that would actually bring hope? How can I help these people with, with my new language? It's a supernatural. That's, I, I get that. So I had to study, and I finished my degree and got my business degree and a whole bunch of stuff. But, but one of the things we've done is we've come up with this model. Now, this is, I, I actually call this uh, our, our REST model. And um, what, what, I guess what I'm, I'm sharing when I coach people at the moment is, hey, look, the first thing that we need to do is we need to actually understand your vision. What is it that you want to build? What are you on the planet for? What's the, what's the, uh, what's the goal here? And uh, so we are now putting a program together. So the first thing we ask when a person has a business, we say, what's the problem you're solving? Uh, and, and, you know, for a barber, they might say, well, I, I'm solving hair grows. I cut it. No, no, no. There's a bigger problem than that. You've got to find what is it that you're on the planet for? The, cutting hair might be the way that you fulfill it. But so, so we talk about what's your dream? What's your vision? What has God placed you on the planet for? And then we, we, once we define that, we go through these other things. We say, well, okay, how do we arrange your resources so that the vision can be fulfilled? You have a vision uh, for a business. You're going to have to figure out the resources. Someone's got to pay for it. How many you got to, and, and you got your physical resources, your emotional resources, and, and so forth. You've got your, your own gifts and sets. Then we say, well, what's your ethos? So it's, what are the values and the beliefs that you're going to have to have that will support the vision? We talk about what's the strategy. We build a business plan. What's your team? And we talk about leadership and building team and staff and all that kind of stuff. And we put these things in. If you look at the next slide, it actually spells out rest. So what we're saying is how can we help you fulfill a vision from a place of rest? Now, that's just a place of Sabbath. That's understanding. You know, I, I'm absolutely believe that as Christians and as human beings, let alone Christians, because this was put back in Genesis chapter 1, pre-Christ, God's desire for you is not that you have to rest from your work, but that you can work from your rest. See, that's why you were, you were created on the sixth day, so that your first day would be a rest day. We often think, well, we're supposed to work six days, then have a day of rest to recover. No, no, no. That, God does that. We're not God. We're, we're human beings. We were created on the sixth day. We go to bed. We get up say, what do we do now? And God says, you rest. It's rest day. Well, hang on. I haven't done any work yet. No, no, no. I've done the work. You just rest. And, and, and then the next day that we're on the planet, we start to work. So God wants us to, to work from our rest, not have to rest from our work. That's a whole other message, another day. But, but one of the things which we, we in, in this whole thing is we, we begin to speak about this thing called vision. And, uh, and I want to share with you today something which is a message for human beings. Now, it's important that you get that this morning. This is a message for human beings. This is not a message for Christians. Because once you understand that this is a message for human beings, you're going to become far more missional. You're going to be released in your own world, but you're also going to be released in the way that you interact with people outside of Christ, outside of I guess, in, in, the, in the case of the Gentiles. So, so just come with me to, to Psalm chapter 139 and verse 13. And it says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. I mentioned before, thank you for making my wife so wonderfully complex. And all the husbands said, Isn't she beautiful? I don't often have my wife with me when I speak, but... She a honey. She really is. I certainly married up. But anyway, your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Still talking about my wife there, by the way. You watched over me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. 
You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How cool is that? That, that, that even when you were in the womb, when you were being, being, being made, when you were being woven together, when you were being knit together in your mother's womb, God was there doing it. Now let's even take that to a greater degree and have a look at John chapter 1. And verses 1 to 3, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let me ask you, who is the Word? Who is the Word? Who is the Word? Oh, cool. You're a little quiet this morning, but then again, the Chiefs lost last night. I'll forgive you. Who is the Word? Oh, we're getting a little bit better. He was with God from the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. So when we align that with our, our scripture in Psalm 139, we see this, this context where we're in the womb, when you were being knit together, woven together, God was there, God was weaving you together, God was creating your DNA, God was making you the person that you are today, God was putting in your desires, God was putting in your dreams, God was putting in your personality, God was putting in your humor, God was putting in the dream, the vision, the purpose, every day, really right before one of them took the place, God was mapping it all out, right? Now, not only that, but now we figure out that Jesus was doing that. So, so here's the deal. The fingerprints of Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, are on your DNA. Is that cool? Now, let's take it to another step. This was pre-Christ. When you're in the womb, had you confessed Jesus as the Lord and Savior yet? So what does that mean? That means, now here's where it gets exciting, that the fingerprints of Jesus are on every human being. So, so as a business coach, and I'm actually with people, and I say, what's your purpose? What's your dream? What do you? I'm actually coming to the very sacred place within them, and I'm, I'm looking for the fingerprints of God on their DNA. What were you born for? What were you made for? It's, it's such a sacred place when you actually talk to somebody about what they were born for. Now, I like the movies, and we're going to have a movie clip right now, and it's from Chariots of Fire. So how many people have seen Chariots of Fire? Okay. The story of Eric Liddell, the runner, who was uh, going to the Olympic Games to run the 100 meters, but he wouldn't run on the Sabbath. I won't run on the Sabbath, and that's final. And, uh, and anyway, they put him in the 400 meters. This is, this is the clip. The final of 400 meters. Taylor, Taylor Etats Etats Good luck. Don't expect I'll see you till after the race. What's the deal with this guy, Little, coach? You a problem? No problem. He's a flyer. He's had two races today already. He'll die. Just swing along, you guys, and wait. After 300 meters, rigor mortis sets in. You'll pull him in on a rope. Good luck, Taylor. Watch out for a little. Coach says no problem. He's got something to prove, something personal. Something guys like Coach will never understand in a million years. says in the old book, he that honors me, I will honor. Good luck.
Jackson Schultz. power come from to see the race to its end from within God made me for a purpose. But he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. You love it? Man, let's watch the whole movie, man. I, I love that movie. Not, my kids won't watch it, but hey, age thing. I've always wanted to run in slow motion like that. But, but here's the thing. I believe that God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast, not me, him. But when I run, I feel his pleasure. My question to you is what do you do that when you do it, you feel his pleasure? Because, you see, that's where I think the fingerprints of of Jesus are on your DNA. It's actually coming to that point of saying, this is the vision, this is the dream, this is what I was born for. And when you can align yourself to that. So for me, you know, I, I was born to help people be successful. I, I don't know if I was ever born to be successful myself, except being successful at helping other people become successful. 
So, so, so wherever I am, if I'm sitting at a desk in a, or a table in a cafe and I'm empowering somebody and helping them become successful in their business or if I'm speaking in an event or if I'm speaking behind a pulpit, if I'm helping people be successful, if I'm empowering somebody else to go a little bit further, I feel his pleasure. And, and the question is, that, is, what is your lane? Who's your tribe? What is it that you do that you, you must say, you know what, when I build a house, and I finish it, and we lock the doors, and we walk away, and I look at what I've built, I feel it's pleasure. I've created something where somebody lives. When I'm being a nurse, and I've finished my shift, I'm tired out, and I've been abused, and I'm all, but man, I feel it's pleasure when I do that. What is it that you do that causes you to feel his pleasure? Here's the cool thing. Unsaved people are the same. Some of the things that I've found in speaking to people that don't know Jesus is that God is speaking to them just as much as he's speaking to me. We just have to help them hear his voice. So I was um, speaking with one of the, the, the young ladies I'm coaching. She um, has a customer relations company. And what she does is she looks at feedback from, from companies and then helps them make things right. So I'm saying to her, I said, you know what? I want to ask you a question. If there was a God and, uh, uh, and, and he placed you on this planet for a purpose, he, he put you here to solve a problem, what would it be? What are you born for? What do you think is your, your, your kind of thing that you're on the planet to do? Oh, that's easy, she said. I'm a bulldust detector. I said, you are what? I'm a bulldust detector. I just tell people the bulldust. You didn't use the word dust, but you know. That's what I do. I just walk in. And she just brushed. Her business is struggling. And, but she would go and tell people, oh, that's just bull. That's just bull. And you know what? I said, do you mind if I just speak to you up front? Yeah, sure. I reckon what you told me is boom, dust. I spoke a language, you know. And uh, she kind of looks at me. I said, that's not what you were born for. I said, it's kind of close, but you're actually misinterpreting your divine purpose. I said, I actually think that you're on the planet to help companies that are good become great. And you're emotionally involved because you look at a company that's doing good because any business that's alive is doing good, right? It's a big thing to start a business. But any company, they're good, but you get frustrated because they could be great and you go in calling it bull dust. So I said, if you could change and say, you know what, I'm here to help the good become great, your whole business will change. You'll come into alignment with your real purpose on the planet. And, and so she said, yeah, I'm going to do it. So instead of being a bull dust detector, she said, I'm going to help good companies become great. So, so the way she began to market herself was different. Hey, you guys are doing really good. But I'm telling you, I have some, some, some stuff here that would help you guys become great. Now, what did I do then? I actually brought her closer. You tell somebody that they're on the planet for a purpose, there must be a creator. I've actually become, walked into a sacred room to identify the fingerprints of Jesus on her DNA. On her DNA. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, the, the, the thing is, I, I think that, that we are born before we're Christ, a lot of times we think, you know, we become a Christian, then we get the call of God, right? We get, become a Christian, then we get these gifts. If you actually have a look at Scripture, you'll find, and we'll just open the Scripture up, we won't read it this time around, but in Galatians chapter 1, verse 13, Paul is saying, man, you, you, you heard of what I used to be like, right? You heard of what I, before I was, a, before I met Jesus, man, I was, I was like, the Jewish of the Jews, man. I, I was passionate about Judaism and I excelled. And, and man, I would hunt down Christians, man, because they were disobedient, disobedient to the will of God and what Moses, and he was just zealous for God and zealous for the truth and zealous for the kingdom, right? 
And then, then he, he becomes saved. And now he's zealous for God. He's zealous for the kingdom, zealous for the truth. But the gifts that were already in him that were put in the air at birth, and the, the DNA, the fingerprints of God, they just got redeemed as salvation. And here's the thing. You see, we are born... With, with DNA, we are born with purpose. We are born with gifts. We are born with talents. And when we come to Jesus, He doesn't change them. He redeems them. That's why there's this guy called Peter, and he loves fishing. And he meets Jesus, and Jesus said, from now on, you'll be a builder. No, 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 no. He said, no. He said, you've been born with a passion and a DNA and a dream to fish. So from now on, I'll make you a fisher of men. He redeems what's in us. And that's why when we're speaking to unsaved people, we say, you know, what is it that God's put on you? I was talking with a couple of, of young ladies here. They're designers, interior designers. They do homes and workspaces and stuff like that. And, and, and I, I was talking to them. We're talking about this vision thing. We're trying to get them. You see, if you get a person aligned to divine purpose, there's something sacred about it. We'll talk a bit more about that in a moment. So I'm trying to align. So, so what are you guys born for? What's your message? What's, why do you do this? Well, well we... We're just, you know, trying to make places exciting. We want to put a wow factor out there. And I said, yeah, but, but why? Why do you want to make a wow factor in homes? And well, well, we're just trying to create spaces where there's kind of excitement and creativity and people enjoy coming home and going to work. We, we kind of nail these. Designs. I said, but why? I'm trying, I'm trying to align them with, with, with purpose. And you know what they came up with in the end? We hate beige. We just hate beige. We were born to bring color into the world and creativity. I tell you what, their work enjoyment, their passion for business just went out there. We are coloring in the world. What was, what's your lane? What is it that, that you love doing? Because here's the point. Here's, here's the big point here. Your, your God given vision, your purpose, your dream, what you were born to do is where your supernatural supply lives. That's where it comes from. You, you say, well, I want to live a supernatural life. Then align yourself with the gift. Align yourself. Say, God, what is, what is my thing? What's my lane? What am I? Not just what you do. Don't come and say, I'm a builder. Say, I'm not a builder. You've, you're born for, for the why behind that. What is it? What's the passion? What's the call? What's the destiny? What, what did the fingerprints of Jesus put on your DNA. When you find that place, you will find a supernatural flow that will just change the way that you live. Ephesians 4, 7, to each of us, each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Grace is linked to the gift. Ephesians 3, 8, Paul is saying to me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And he's saying, guys, when I preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, I feel his pleasure. I feel his grace. I feel his power. I feel his anointing. I'm just cutting it. And here's the deal. The opposite's also true. You see, if you're stuck in a life where you are not living in the rhythms of God's purpose for you, you start living out of human resources. 
You're either going to do what God's called you to do and designed you to do with his resources, or you're going to go and do your own thing and live up to the expectations of your others and what everybody else wants you to be, but then you're actually limited to your own human resources. And the end of that road is actually burnout. Let me tell you a story about my beautiful wife there on the front row, and she always loves me talking about her, not. We've been married 29 years, and um, actually over 29 years, and when, when we first got married, uh, Sharon was a widow. Some of you know Sharon's story. Her first husband uh, died, and, and it was a difficult marriage and so forth. So, um, so when we got married, she was going to make sure this one works. I mean, I'm such a catch. <laughs> <laughs> we all know who married up, right? But anyway, I, I tell you what, there was this time. What's this time? I've got a few minutes. We, we went out for dinner and, and stayed the night in the very center of Melbourne in uh, the Langham. The language is really flash hotel, and so yeah, we got all dressed up. I think we were given a night there, weren't we? And so I'm, I'm, I'm dressing up, looking really good. She's dressing up. I mean, you know. Anyway, we have dinner, and we walk down onto South Bank Boulevard, which is just crowds and crowds of people. And we walk out there, and I'm holding Sharon's hand, you know. And this drunk guy, he's gone. And he, he comes up, and he looks at us, and he looks at me, and he looks at her, and he looks, mate, you're batting above your average, aren't you? And he kind of wandered off. Story of my life, you know. Anyway. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's really nice that she's helping that old man cross the road. But, but, but anyway, so, so what happens is that before we met, I, was, I had been in ministry for four years. So I was a youth pastor at What's Now Gateway. And, um, and, we get, and, and here's the interesting thing. Before the wedding day, nobody ever asked Aaron to counsel them or pray for them. She was never asked to come and lead the worship or play the piano or lead the women's group or, or help in children's church. There, there was no call to ministry. This wasn't there. It was, not, it was not on her radar. So you imagine living X amount of years and then one day happens and the very next day, oh, Pastor Sharon, will you pray for me? Can you counsel me? You're the pastor's wife. Oh, 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 someone needs to run the women's ministry. Yeah, that's your job with church planting. You better look after the children. And, and look, for whatever reason, to, to kind of live up to the expectations and the new wife and the thing, Sharon just took it on. She said, well, I'm, I've obviously got to be what people expect. So, so all of a sudden, things started where now I'm going to pray for people and I'll be on the altar call with people and I'll counsel people and I'll run the ministry of this and I'll run the ministry of that. And she did. And you know what it's like? Listen, you do know what it's like, right? The, 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 this kind of church thing which we're part of, which... I'm having a little rest from right now. And, uh, but you know what it's like in the pastor's wives and the expectations on them. And, you know, they're always the most beautiful girl in the church, which in my case was actually true. But we're not going to go there. Um, Sheridan's not doing too bad over here, I've got to admit. But <laughs> Second most beautiful girl in the church. Uh, let's, let's just get myself out of this hole. Um, but but, but to, to leap ahead, for 25 years, Sharon lived the persona. And it wasn't her. And really, it wasn't until God brought us out of ministry that Sharon actually said to me one day, because she was, by that time, pretty well burnt out. Thank God for Ray Andrews. If you are planning on not being here next weekend, cancel whatever else you're doing and be here to listen to Ray Andrews, because he saved our life. He really did. So, so Sharon said, Grandma, I, I've never really felt called to this. In a sense, I've taken on this thing, but it wasn't my deal. Now, now around the age of 40, Sharon decided to pick up a paintbrush. 
And, and this happened. And this happened. And, and I would come home. Here's, here we are now. The kids are kind of still young. They're at school, kind of in that kind of 12-year-old age. I'm not sure how old they were. But I would come home, and, um, and uh, Sharon would have gone into her, her little studio and do some painting in the morning. And I'd come about 6 o'clock at night, and I'd knock on the door. I'd poke my head in. Dear, are we eating tonight? <laughs> yeah, sure, we will. Um, got any plans? It's not even lunchtime yet. Uh, kids have been home for three hours. <laughs> you haven't noticed? And, and she became lost because, because she found a place where her soul breathed. And, and the difference when she picked up, and then, then it's like, you know what? Over, over more recent years, she's found a love for Pilates. So Sharon's been studying Pilates, and she's now, next year, we hope to open our own Pilates studio. And, and can I just say this? It's, it's not that, that being the pastor's wife was wrong or bad. It just wasn't right. And, and, and here's the thing. Sometimes we can live, and, and let me just throw this thought in. You know, my, my, my final message this morning so I can get away with it. My car's running out the track. But you know one of the things we do as a church, and can I ask you to stop doing it? Which well, you won't do it. No, this is the perfect church. But what some churches do, they create this thing as if this, this area up here is a higher level than everything else. And, I, and when I was growing up, man, preach the gospel, greatest call a man can have. What a lot of rubbish. The greatest call a man can have is to be right in the center of God's will and God's plan. I go to conferences, you know, size of the man, size of the church. Want a bigger church? Be a bigger man. Yeah, and we, we created this thing where you're more special if you're on the stage, you're more special if your church is big, you're more special if you can play the guitar, you can, you're more special if you lead worship, even more so if you're blonde and look like Darling Czech. You know, and, and we create this, this, this vacuum for our young people into something that God never designed for them, and they pursue this thing, and they never find their freedom, they never find their anointing, they never find their lane, and to be quite honest, some of our best young people will be more fruitful as tradies, and business people, and startups, and cafe owners, and teachers, and doctors, and surgeons, and you know, we've just got to allow people to run in their lane, and allow the DNA of God release in them, because that's where the supernatural is. So my question to you this morning is simply this. What are the fingerprints of Jesus on your DNA? What were you born for? What do you do that when you do it, you feel it's pleasure? I'll just close with one final story. I was doing some coaching recently with this young lady, and she was a travel agent. And uh, I've spent, there was my, I think about my fifth or sixth time, so I've been with her for five or six months now. And, and um, through that whole process, I've been doing this with her, and I'm trying to find the supernatural. I'm trying to find the grace. What's, what is it you're really, because to be really honest, I don't think she's going to survive doing what she's doing. So we're trying to find that place. So we kind of get in there, and I sit down with her, and I said to her, look, how are you doing? And what I mean is, how's your business doing? And she says, oh, you'll never believe it. I said, oh, this is good. She gave me her life story. She took about an hour and a quarter. I'm only supposed to be an hour. Just giving me her life story and how it's just family's broken and she's been sued by an uncle and all the stuff in the courts and, and, and by the time she finished I just looked there and I said to her you know what it's time because I'm touching something sacred with this lady's life I'm talking to her this is just the vision part of the, of the, the model and I said to her you know just for a moment is it okay with you if I take my coach hat off and talk to you as a person as a friend she said yeah 
See, I think that this thing that you're going through right now, to be honest with you, I think the only person we can get some help from is God. Now, I'm, I'm from a faith background. How would you feel if, if I was to pray about this, you know? She says, oh, that'd be great. She says, in fact, last weekend I went to church with my mum. She's an Anglican, and there was this big thing on the church that said, fear not, for God is with you. And I really felt that God was speaking to me. I thought, whoa, this is pretty cool. So I said, so, so what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to surrender this problem to God. He may not fix it overnight, but I'm believing that he'll step in and at least be with you and bring this into a good conclusion. Would you be okay to surrender this to God? I said, yeah, I would. Let's do that. I said, well, look, in for a pound, in for a, you know, in for a dollar, in for a pound, whatever the saying is. I thought, look, well, if you're prepared to do that, what if you just surrendered the whole darn thing? What would happen if you just surrendered your whole life, your family, your business, your finances, your whole world, and say, God, if you're there and you're true, I give the whole thing. You can do a better thing running my life than I can, and I'm going to surrender it all to you. How would you like to do that? I'd love to do that. You know, the, the thing is, God is speaking to everyone inside and beyond. And if you can find your tribe, that group of people that when you speak, they get it. And you can begin to speak to them about the divine purpose and the fingerprints of Jesus on their DNA and bring that to life. We can change the world. We can change the world. So I ask you this morning, are you running in your lane? Are you running in your lane? Are you in the place where grace is for you? Are you living your life or somebody else's? Are you living according to the the, the, the destiny of God or to the expectations of everybody around you. Be who God called you to be, wherever it is, and when you run, you'll feel his pleasure. Father, I pray this morning for every person in this room. God, I just, I'm amazed that every person here was once just an embryo, just a little baby in their mother's womb. And when they were being formed, Jesus was there making them, designing them. And Lord, I pray today that you would redeem our purpose, that you would help us to run in the right lane and feel your grace. And Lord, I pray that when we're out there, when we're with the Gentiles, when we're with people that are, that are beyond these walls and beyond the faith, Lord, I pray that we will be able to look past the sin, the suffering, the rebellion, the gay. Lord, I pray we'll be able to look past all that stuff and speak to the person living on the inside and that we could breathe on the Creator, the DNA the fingerprints of Jesus and bring it alive. You were born for something special. You're not a mistake. You're not an error. You're not a consequence. You're not a, a circumstance. You're a real life human being created for purpose. While our heads about and our eyes are closed, you may be visiting with us this morning. You're not a Christian. Maybe you've never surrendered your whole life to God. Let me tell you, then you surrender to your Creator. When you come to that point, you say, you know what? I, I reckon that God could run my life a lot better than I can because He had the design. He created me in the first place. But you're, you're not living a surrendered life, wholly surrendered to Christ. But this morning, so I'm going to make that call.
every person in this room that almost has made that decision someone every one of us had to come to a point where we say it is no longer I that live but from now on it's Christ who lives through me and if you're in that circumstance today and you need to put your faith in Jesus would you raise your hand high enough for me to see it that's all I'm going to do I'm not going to embarrass you I just want to pray for you is there one here just raise your hand high let me see and pray for you let today be the day that you run in the lane that God created you for is there one here today just raise your hand Okay. One of you here this morning, and, and what I shared with you about, about Sharon, and you know, it's just a joy for me now to see her shining and, and, and finding it's still a process, you know, but finding that place where she's running a lane. You're here today, you're not sure you're running in the right lane. You don't feel it's pleasure in what you do. You're, you're, you're struggling to. It, sometimes the answer is not to change what you do, but to look at the deeper why and to connect with the purpose behind it. You know, like to me, I'm not preaching right now. This isn't, I guess on the outside it looks like that, but right now I'm empowering you to be successful. That's where the pleasure comes from. But you feel today, I just haven't really found my lane and I need to really find the destiny of God. Just raise your hand. I want to believe for a supernatural revelation to come across this auditorium. I want to, I want to find my thing. I want to find my purpose and my destiny. I want to shift into the zone. Thank you. Just others, raise your hand all over the building. I mean, it's great. Maybe you've been walking for Jesus with Jesus for a long time and you're still saying, God, I just want to run with you. I want to be passionate. I want to feel your pleasure. Anybody else? You haven't raised your hand yet. Father, I pray. Why don't you stand to your feet? Just stand to your feet really briefly. Father, I pray right across this auditorium. Everybody stand to your feet. I pray right across this auditorium. Lord, I pray, let the wind of the Spirit breathe upon our DNA. Lord, I pray, let the wind of the Spirit breathe upon our, our, our very inner being. Lord, look beyond the, the sin and the failure and the disappointment, and the discouragement and the depression and the anger and all the stuff that clouds things out. And Lord, I pray, come right down, zone in to the very inner being of every person here. Because it's out of our inner being that rivers are going to flow. I pray, Lord, that breathe on the DNA. Let that, let the spark of destiny, let the spark of vision and purpose and dream, let it come alive again, Father God. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for those that, that have been running in the wrong lane and they're going to get into the right lane. I pray that you would give them the courage to be who you've called them to be. Not to resign today and make a big mess of everything, but to begin to change lanes. Put the indicator on. Just put the indicator on. That's what you need to do today. Put the indicator on. I'm going to shift. I'm going to do those things which I dream of. I'm going to do the things that make me happy. I'm going to paint. I'm going to create. I'm going to write. I'm going to build something. I'm going to, I'm going to begin to shift into that lane. I'm going to love somebody. I'm going to speak. I'm going to find my tribe, speak their language. It's a new day to run in the anointing and the blessing and the supernatural favour of God as you zone in on your God-given vision. In Jesus' name, amen. Fantastic. Let me close from there. Well, in just a moment, actually, we're going to receive an offering. really want to be able to bless Graham as he goes. And if you'd like to prepare yourself for that, would be good. But let me close with the scripture, which I think dovetails into everything that he said very well. It's from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, and I'm reading from the Message Bible. It says, Are you tired, 
worn out, burned out. Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. It's beautiful, isn't it? That's his message in a nutshell, almost there. It's fantastic. Host him, if you could receive an offering, please, that would be wonderful. So we can bless Graham as he goes. And thank you, Graham. Thank you for spending the weekend with us. How about giving him a hand, eh? That's a great message. Fantastic. While that's happening, can I remind you of a couple of things? If you are visiting with us today, please stop at the table on the way up down the back and receive a, a visitor's pack down there. Also, church, thank you for being purposed in your giving. It really does give us the freedom to do what we do. 